0: Welcome to OncoFarm. I'm your host, John Bazar. I'm a professor of pharmacy practice here at the supporting sponsor of OncoFarm. ETSU's Bill Gatton College of Pharmacy. It is April 20th, 2023. Uh, last week we looked at a, we looked back at a landmark of OncoFarm paper. So this week we're going to take a look at maybe something we might see in the future. This is a phase 1 study that um, uh, was published uh, online a few months ago, but is in this um, this month's issue of, of Nature Medicine, um, and it's looking at nivolumab plus ipilimumab with or without live bacterial supplementation in metastatic renal cell carcinoma. It's a phase one study, small study. Um, it's not your typical phase one study. It's not necessarily a dose finding study, but um, this is something that uh, we've talked about on the pod many times. Immune checkpoint inhibitors and their Efficacy, uh, a decrease in the efficacy of immune checkpoint inhibitors being associated, correlation, not causation, but associated with uh, pretreatment PPI use and with pretreatment antibiotic use the theory being that those uh, antibiotics, PPIs, change the microbiome and the microbiome is uh, in a, a symbiotic relationship with our systemic immune system and that can affect immune system function, which is how immune checkpoint inhibitors work, is, is, a, is an increased immune function and recognition of, of these uh, tumor neoantigens. Okay, so let's talk about this paper a little bit. Uh, I, I won't talk about the paper so much as the study. Um, so there had been some research that there were some um, enteric species that were associated with good response to Im- immune checkpoint inhibitors. They are Ackermansia, uh, uh, Bifidobacterium adolescentesis, adolescentis, Adolescent with an I-S at the end. All right, so Ackermansa, this uh, bifobacterium species, and then Bonicella species, Bariciella, Intestina hominis, which is like human intestine, Barnacella. Anyway, all right. So these three uh, bacteria species have been um, – uh, so one whole species of acromancy and then two specific species, this um, bifidobacterium and Barnacella. They, had, they identified, all right, people that have more of this tend to do be better with immune checkpoint. Okay, So they have worked with a company um, in, uh, in Japan that has a, uh, a product – that is CBD, not CBD. CBM588, which contains Clostridium uh, butyricum, which is not one of those, anim- not one of the three um, species of, of enterics they say are associated with immune checkpoint whatever. What? But what this Clostridium butyric, butyricum, butyricum, whatever this other Clostridium species, what it does is it appears to be bifidogenic, which means it, it increases the population of bifidobacterium adolescentesis. Alright, so what we're doing, or what they're doing here, is they're giving species X uh, of, a, of a bacterial supplement, like a, almost like a probiotic, right? So they're giving bacteria X probiotic in hopes that will increase the amount of bacteria Y in the microbiome, and by having more bacteria Y, the immune checkpoint numbers will work better. That's what they're doing, alright? So they're, doing, they're giving bacteria X which is this Clostridium butyricum in hopes it increases the, uh, the, uh, the amount of bacteria Y, which is Bifidobacterium adolescent, adolescent an S and a C, E, S, C, E, N. I just can't pronounce that. I am sorry. I'm going to have to retire. Anyway, so that's what they're doing. All right. It's a phase one study. They get 10 people that are just getting uh, nivolumab ipilimumab alone for metastatic renal cell carcinoma. And then 19, I think they wanted 20, but 19, they get Nevo Nevoipi plus CBM-588 taken by mouth every day. So it's not, a, it's not like a florid full-dose, full-go, full-bore fecal transplant. It's just a daily dose of this um, you know, amount of uh, bifidobacterium, all right? Um, they um so they wanted 30 patients and their uh, their primary endpoint is all right we're given we're, we're given bacteria x are we increasing the amount of bacteria y that's their first the first thing they're trying to do and they don't find that you actually increase the amount of bacteria y all right there's no difference in the amount of bacteria they do tons and tons of like uh, of dredging to find to find uh, some results here okay um but what they do find is that there is a huge, huge uh, benefit in progression-free survival. So median progression-free survival, 12.7 months in those that got the probiotic versus 2.5 if you didn't. That's a hazard ratio of 0.15, a 95% interval of 0.05 to 0.47 p-value, less than 0.001. Really huge magnitude of benefit, okay? And that's what people are talking about. And then they have their overall survival, which is not significant, but numerically, there's a pretty good separation here between those that get the CBM-588, the butyricum uh, supplement, and those that don't. Now, it's a phase one study, they're very small, right? So the reason I wanna talk about this paper is we'll probably see more things like this and how should we evaluate this, okay? So let's first talk about the primary endpoint, which is are are they able to increase That was the primary goal. Are they they able to increase the amount of bacteria in this butyricum Y, uh, or this bacteria Y as I'm calling it, this butyricum species in the microbiome? We don't know that, uh, oh fine, but we don't know if that is what matters, okay? What they are, um, their primary endpoint is almost like if you go back to the early days, uh, and you can read about this in Impervol Maladies, the early days of chemopharmacology. There were people, uh, there were investigators who wanted to find out how vinca alkaloids work for ALL. How do, how do they work? And once we know how they work, then and only then will we know how to use them. And there was another faction who said, uh, yeah, we. I'd like to know how they work, but they are working. Let's just play with the the dosing and the implementation and the schedules and let's, Let's refine how they work versus waiting to refine them based on what we know. Okay? We, you know, And you can probably walk and chew gum at the same time. You can probably continue to investigate how it works while also refining what has worked and going from there. So if you make that analogy to this paper, if there is, let's make the assumption, there is some sort of improvement and progression free survival, which we'll talk about in a second. If there is... Does it matter how it happens if, p- if patients benefit? No, it doesn't. There may be some other mechanism we don't know about. Maybe this uh, butyricum species not only increase the, the amount of bifobacteria, maybe it increase the amount of acromansia or something else. Or maybe it's a whole constellation. It seems a little very s- oversimplified that just increasing the amount of one bacteria is going to make a difference. Right? Right? It's not going to be that simple, I don't think. Very few things are in life uh, are that simple. Okay. So one, maybe not the best primary endpoint here, okay? Um, second, this huge increase in progression-free survival, the, the if you look at the kat curve, uh, as someone who looks at a lot of studies for metastatic renal cell carcinoma, the control arm looks like a waterfall, like a very impressive waterfall, like a Hawaiian waterfall, not like a rolling Appalachian waterfall. Um, it goes straight down. And that's not what you typically see with metastatic renal cell carcinoma. Okay, um, so the control arm did poorer than expected, all right? Um, they actually specify uh, in in the paper that maybe that's because they strictly said they could not take any yogurt-fortified foods. Uh, they couldn't have any, any probiotic supplements, okay? Yeah, I don't know about that. It's probably just bad luck that the control arm did poor. Now, if you look at our – because it's only 10 patients, and if you look at that, you know – there were, in the control group, 7 of 10 were clear cell, um, ver- so 70%, versus 63% with the uh, nevo, ipi, and cbm. Um, so there are more sarcomatoid, fe- sarcomatoid features, which is a poor prognostic, in, that, um, uh, in the control group. Um, they also had 30% poor uh, prognostic by the IMDC prognostic scoring, versus 11% in the experimental group with the probiotic. so that by itself, you've got three patients with poor prognosis are probably going to do pretty poor no matter what, and then seven intermediate, um, you know, maybe some of those were those that had sar- sarcomatoid features. Um, you know, it you, you can't take much from this, right? Um, something this small. We see this over and over again, not so much in a phase two in a phase one study, but in phase two studies that show a difference in per in, in some endpoint and don't pan out with larger study. Um, so I think. You know, it's it's exciting, though, that this could be a fairly simple way um, and a fairly safe way of, of improving um, uh, the effectiveness of drugs that we use all the time now for a wide variety of cancers. So really what I'm kind of trying to talk about is is a way forward in how, in how to look at these, which is maybe we don't care so much are we able to, you know, what is the most important um, Uh, microbiome enrichment strategy to target, that's gonna be important to figure out what works. Um, But we could also just try lots of different types of approaches and and see what does work and then repeat it. It needs to be verified, all right? It needs to be able to be duplicated by different researchers in different settings with different diets, Right? That's going to be the challenge, uh, if this if this is something, maybe it's not something, um, but I think it's something that we're going to see uh, a, a little bit more of. Um, I will say that uh, this group is, is planning on studying Cabozantinib uh, plus Nivolumab with or without this product. So there's going to be more about this. Um, it, it's, it seems that they are, are working with a company who has this one product for this one specific bacteria, and that's all that they're looking at, which of course, as a, as a society, we want to look at all approaches, not just one pharmaceutical you know, bio product that could be helpful. Um, but this is, um, another reminder that with immune checkpoint inhibitors, uh, you know, we're no longer in the infancy, but we're still in, in the adolescence or the childhood of using these drugs to treat cancer in the grand scheme of things. Uh, whereas for anthracyclines, we're, we're well into adulthood, uh, taxanes, well into middle age, um, um, into middle age with using those drugs, but still, you know, pr- pretty early on in figuring out how to use these drugs. Um, and, and so going forward, we're still going to c- continue to see refinements and how we use them. So, uh, there'll be a link to this, uh, in the show notes, uh, it, fun little paper, uh, lots and lots of stuff that you can break down with lots and lots of comparisons of this, uh, this bacterium, uh, concentration pre and post treatment, all, all sorts of stuff. So, um, Food for thought. Food for thought. Certainly not anything practice-changing, but something that will be coming down the horizon. I'm going to try and, and sprinkle some more of this uh, maybe future consideration sort of things into the podcast uh, feed. Um, thank you for listening. You can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram uh, at Anker Farm Pod, and you can follow uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Farm And until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter.